This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which airs live every Tuesday evening from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by Big Papa Smokers. Big Papa is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, and everything that you need to make a world-class pit out of a 55-gallon drum. Visit them at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and pits as well. You can visit them at TheBBQGuru.com. And by Cookshack, a leader in pellet and electric style cookers. Visit them for specials online at Cookshack.com or call them at 800-423-0698. And by Sucklebusters. Sucklebusters products are preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the USA, introduced first products to Barbecue Central over seven years ago. You can get in contact with them at sucklebusters.com like them on their facebook fan page sucklebusters or visit the texas bbq forum.com check them out and see why sucklebusters means busting with flavor and by butcher barbecue makers of injections sauces and rubs find them online at butcherbbq.com and by green mountain grills a leader in the pellet grill market you can find out more about their cookers by visiting greenmountaingrills.com and by cookingpellets.com, a maker of high-quality pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit them at cookingpellets.com, or you can find them at amazon.com as well. This is Rennie Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Oh, yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. You want to jump in on the show tonight? Yeah, I'm happy to have you. 216-220-0966. That's the phone number. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. Let me tell you something. I don't know if anybody else didn't get it, but I did not get my own newsletter that I sent out at 4 o'clock today. Did anybody else sign? Does anybody else in the chat room right now, are they an active subscriber to the newsletter and they didn't get it tonight goes out at four o'clock in the afternoon very upsetting Uh, this is only being built upon by the fact that over the last three or four weeks i've had various emails sent in to me during the course of the week saying hey i used to get the newsletter i don't get the newsletter i realized at some point that i also did not get the newsletter over the last couple weeks so very troubling things going on at eye however 
I have printed out the customer service phone number and I will be lobbing them a phone call and much to their dismay. Just prefacing the fact that it's much to their dismay. However, here's what's happening on the show tonight because I know you didn't get the newsletter because I didn't get it. At 9.14, your third Tuesday of the month regular recurring guest, Barbecue Hall of Famer of 2015, multiple-time author, uh, author, TV show host, all-around good guy, Stephen Reichlin joining the show. 9.35, he's been on the show before. However, it has been a bit. You see him on television quite a bit. You see him on the Facebooks, social medias, and so forth. Ernest Cervantes, Burnt Bean Company, will be joining us, 9.35. Then we'll move to the second hour, and we continue to roll on with barbecue pit manufacturer people. This guy falls into that category. Uh, this time, however, under the subcategory of barbecue pits in pellet cookers. He had his own uh, real barbecue radio show for like 14 years, which we'll also discuss with him. Bruce Bjorkman, Mr. Barbecue, will be joining us at 1014 to... Bestow the virtues of the Mac Grill. If you're not familiar with those, you'll get up to school on those. And coming up at 1035, uh, out of the bullpen, as we say, the winner of the most recent Sam's Club local qualifier, the pitmaster of Insane Swine Barbecue, Jared Housengay, will join us. Your phone calls, your emails, if you are so inclined, 216 216- Two two zero zero nine six six. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Your two bits of contact info. All right, you're watching the show right now. Get on the Facebook. Get on the Twitter. Whatever kind of social news. Let everybody know the show is up and running. The BBQ Central Show dot com. The best place to go to get the live audio. If you want to see the video stuff, send them to outdoorcookingchannel.com. dot com. The multiple year. Bordering on decade, I think, uh, syndication partner video side for the show. You can also go to the Roku app store, uh, as well as a number of IP television platform offers the Outdoor Cooking Channel app. So go ahead and check that out. Download it if you have the Outdoor Cooking Channel app in your particular IP TV platform, and you can watch the show live from your couch on your high-definition television. Uh, no guarantee on the eyeballs, folks, but I'm just telling you, you have that option. As far as replays are concerned, the most popular way to get this show, as it has been under the life of the show, is iTunes for replays on the audio. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, which you can check out. Outdoor Cooking Channel has video replays, of course. And then you can go to the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. You get audio video replays there all the time. Never any reason you should miss anything on this show. Not even ever. So if there is uh, something going on where you can't watch the whole show in its entirety or whatever the case may be, never fear. You can always find a way to get to replays of past interviews, really good calls, emails, my rants, whatever you want. That's how you do it. So first things first, I want to thank Dan Uladal. Dan is a sponsor of this show one of the newer sponsors of this show he has the chops power injector and he sent me one probably two or three weeks ago i showed it off on on this show a couple weeks ago as far as just showing you what it looks like if you hadn't seen what it looks like but imagine a half gallon can uh, that looks kind of like an insecticide sprayer 
and then it's got a tube running out to this uh, molded manifold situation. And then it's got four injector needles at the end of it, and then it will puke out your injection through four needles under pressure. It's fabulous. I was a little skeptical on how great it was going to be. However, I did a small, very small, cater for a friend slash client over the weekend to the tune of three, nine, ten pound pork butts. Let me tell you, I used uh, Jim Elser's uh, Sweet Smoke Q juice, which was great. And I dumped it into Dan's Chops full power injector, put it under pressure. And it was just a thing of beauty. I'm telling you right now, if you are a backyard guy like me, if you are somebody on the competition trail, and you have just had it with the single needle situation on injection. Now, maybe you're an OCD a-hole, and it's got to be one needle. You know, I get that stuff. I'm OCD too, as far as vacuuming carpets upstairs, make sure the lines are right. I get that. But if you're not, I was able to inject three pork butts fully in the time it would have taken me to do about three-quarters of one on a single needle. So the fact that you are able to save time to either spend with your family if you're a backyard guy like me or to start prepping something that much earlier if you don't have to worry about all the time you're going to be spending injecting your stuff. With the Chops Full Power Injector, you are getting it done very, very quickly, very efficiently, and it used all of the injection too, by the way. So it's not like there's a lot of waste left over. So if you are teetering on the edge, I highly suggest after using it, Go get one. The half gallon is the best hundred bucks you're going to be spending on an injector. It is proven. A lot of other people are using it, but this is coming direct from my mouth. I used it, and I can't quite honestly, I can't wait to use it again. And as they say in the read, which I say each and every week, I might try to inject some alcohol into some melon or fruit or pineapple. I mean, can you imagine some high-powered rum going into a pineapple? letting it marinate up in there and then cutting it off and enjoying the fruits, pun intended, of your labor. Yeah, sounds good. So it's uh, Barbecue Kansas City, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, BarbecueKansasCity.com. Grab your Chops Power Injector. Highly recommend. Also, let me tell you this. If you are interested in potentially winning an iPad Mini, it's a 32-gigabyte situation. Uh, Get in contact with me through Facebook or shoot me an email. I have tickets. Uh, there are uh, $5 a piece. Is that right? It's uh, 20 bucks for five. $5 a, yeah, $5 a piece. You can get five for 20 bucks. So you save, you get one for free if you, if you get five. Uh, I got 15 left. It benefits my oldest daughter's uh, varsity softball, um, uh, varsity volleyball team. Uh, I've sold a number of them already to uh, a lot of listeners of the show. So if you are interested, drop me an email. It's uh, five. You can pay me uh, through check. You can pay me through PayPal, whatever you like. Now, a quick shout out, and I hate saying that, but to uh, Doug Shiding from Rogue Cookers, outfitting your host tonight. But the best part of the whole outfit is this Yeti tumbler. Holy crap, is this one great. The ice-holding capability in this 20-ounce tumbler is mind-boggling. You can work off of one load of ice under pretty extremely hot conditions, and it just hardly melts at all. I I have not drank anything out of any other vessel than this 
and I don't even know how the hell he got Yeti to put rogue cookers on his tumbler, which is pretty cool in itself. But so thanks to uh, Doug Shiding, also uh, thanks to Dan Arnold for the spicy peach barbecue sauce from Sucklebusters. Woof. Look, I know we talk about the honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce from Sucklebusters. I'm going to divert. Dan had sent me a note two weeks ago and said something about peach barbecue sauce. And I said, am I on the same page with you? You have a peach barbecue sauce? He said, yeah, let me send some out. See what you think. Of course, you know me. I'm skeptical. Don't know what I'm thinking about, but it shows up the other day. And I did a couple pork tenderloins. So I'm like, hey, this peach stuff is going to go really good with the pork for sure. Not only was I pleasantly surprised, I was insanely surprised with how good this stuff was. Dan has a hit on his hands with the spicy peach barbecue sauce. I'm going to encourage you to head on over to SuckleBusters.com. That's SuckleBusters.com. And see if you can't find the spicy peach barbecue sauce because you're going to want to pick some up. I mean, it's really going to be geared towards the pork. I can see it working well on chicken, barbecue chicken for sure. How I can really see it going over well is a 50-50 blend of Dan's spicy peach barbecue sauce and my homemade barbecue sauce. I was mixing it. I was like a mad scientist at the dinner table on Saturday when I was cooking these pork tenderloins and then had it at the tasting table, mixing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And what I come to find out is my homemade barbecue sauce at 50% and Dan Arnold's spicy peach barbecue sauce from Suckle Busters at 50%. Is it? It's going to be fabulous. I can't wait to try it out on ribs, pork butt sandwiches. I think we got a winner on our hands. You tell me if I'm wrong. Sucklebusters.com. That's sucklebusters.com. In fact, while Dan has not authorized this, I'm just going to go do it on my own. Instead of the honey barbecue glaze finishing sauce, uh, email me right now. And you can win a bottle of the spicy peach barbecue sauce. Test it out and let me know what you think. In the subject line, put spicy peach sauce. Spicy peach sauce. And uh, I will make sure that Dan sends you a bottle of that particular product. You can review it. We can compare notes, all that stuff. Thanks again to Dan Arnold and the folks over at Sucklebusters. It's uh, sales at sucklebusters.com is the email address. 972-393-9509 is your phone number if you want to give Dan a call. Also, folks in the chat room, weigh in on the new camera angle. I'm going to try a couple different camera angles here over the next couple weeks. This is kind of the Rush Limbaugh off-the-shoulder situation, so I'm not looking directly into the camera, which makes me feel a little bit better, but yeah, I'm always interested for your feedback. All right, we are back with Stephen Reichlin right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities 
500000 in cash to be won. Next stop on the tour is this Saturday, August 22nd, 2015, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a local qualifying event. It will send the top six teams to the Richmond, Virginia Regional Final on September 5th to find out more about the Sam's Club Barbecue Series. To check results or potentially to register your team to compete if they're still doing that. You can visit the website kcbs.us slash samstour. That's kcbs.us slash samstour. Right, my next guest uh, can be found here on this show every third Tuesday of the month. Multiple-time author, TV show host, and uh, contributor to this show. 2015 Barbecue Hall of Famer Stephen Reichlin joining us on the show. Stephen, how are you, buddy? I am doing great. How about you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Stephen. We've had a run of great weather here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city over the last two, two and a half weeks. So with the dying down of the uh, Travel Softball League and both my oldest and youngest daughter, I mixed that in with some great weather. I have been outside cooking my face off uh, the last couple of weeks and trying to make up for lost time. Uh, are you are you a guy that uh, is, is cooking quite often outside, or is that more along the lines of, of a work thing, and you, and you want to separate that at all? No. Anytime I am home, I am grilling outside. And I would say, you know, I, you know I'm on the road a lot, but uh, uh, when I'm home, we grill. Uh, we're in Martha's Vineyard this time of year, so uh, a lot of incredible seafood. Uh, I just did uh, lobsters on the grill. We got this amazing harpoon swordfish, which I grill over wood. Uh, you know, this this is our glory time for all of us. No doubt about it. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show. Stephen, when you're on the road, and you said when you're home, you, you like to be outside grilling as much as possible. But when you're on the road, what kind of fare are you taking in? Are you a, a guy, and, and I'm, I guess I'm kind of guessing here at this, but, uh, you know, you seem to be, if you're in a city, you might do some research on where you're going and, and maybe go around the, uh, the normal hotspots and find a little bit more of the intricacies of the cities that you're in. Um, well, I, you know, one of the great things about traveling so much is the opportunity to see and meet and experience new flavors, new restaurants. Um, that doesn't mean that all I eat is barbecue. You know, I'm also curious and fascinated about uh, restaurant food, food trends. But I, I get a lot of ideas, even if it's not a barbecue joint. You know, I'm, I'm speaking to you now from Berkeley, California. And this is the epicenter of the wood grill in California. Um, grilled vegetables, grilled squid, grilled uh, uh, all manner of, uh, of grilled seaweed. Last night I have a, had a six-hour uh, short rib that was then finished over a wood fire. It was just spectacular. Is that a Santa Maria-style situation out there with the red oak, or do you find that the, the wood being used out there is a little bit more diverse than uh, one that would normally consider a traditional California-style barbecue? Well, the wood in question last night was oak, but it couldn't have been further away from uh, the Santa Maria tradition. I mean, first of all, beef short ribs, uh, not uh, tri-tip. Second of all, it was a two-step cooking process. It was a braised rib you know, that, that was finished over, uh, over a, uh, a wood-burning grill. Uh, complex sauce, you know, wine-based. Um, but this is a part of my world. This is part of our world. I mean, what I love about barbecue is, yeah, it's the brisket and the ribs and the pork shoulder and the tri-tip, but it's also the application and harnessing of, harnessing of a wood fire 
to imbue all sorts of flavors and textures in almost any food you can imagine. Stephen, one of the things that I saw the other day that about took me off my chair was uh, I was watching one of the episodes of Project Smoke, and you uh, said right there for everybody to hear loud and proud that you had really never either enjoyed or never had shrimp cocktail in its normal fashion. And then you proceeded to, you know, dazzle the viewers with a smoked uh, shrimp cocktail recipe that looked absolutely tremendous. But, I mean, is that true? Have you never really taken in a traditional shrimp cocktail that you would get at a uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, St. Elmo situation? Um, well, I know I'm treading on delicate territory here, but I have to say that boiling is the least interesting method of cooking that exists. Sure. That I about the only food that I boil is an egg to make a hard-boiled egg, which I then shell and smoke. And why anybody would boil shrimp when you could grill it, it, it just, it escapes me. So I've never understood the charm of a boiled shrimp cocktail. However, you take that same shrimp, you slather it with a spice paste, or you hit it with a spicy rub, uh, you smoke it, you cook it over wood fire, and then you can serve it chilled with an interesting barbecue sauce. The dish on Project Smoke that you referenced, it's actually a Yucatan-style barbecue sauce, which means that the ketchup is electrified with chipotle chilies and enriched with grated orange zest and uh, orange juice. You know, that's a shrimp salad. That's a shrimp cocktail. Yeah, and it looked absolutely fabulous, too. So obviously you're eating good. with your yeah. eyes, but I'm sure it tasted really good. So we have... Uh... That's, a, that's a fun show. That's the uh, Surf and Turf show, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great show. I'm not a huge, you know, fish guy. Uh, I mean, I, I don't uh-huh. I don't mind uh, shellfish. I'll do crab. I'll do shrimp. But once we get out mm-hmm. to, I mean, I live in Cleveland, so obviously walleye and perch is you know prevalent. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, heavily laden with chemicals in Lake Erie. However, um, it's just not something that I've been able to to get into. Uh, just like oh. in a pan, uh, even on a grill. So, uh, you know, my father-in-law is uh, very disappointed. He's a big fisherman. He's always bringing me stuff to smoke on the grill. But, uh, you know, some I try every year I try. That's like my mantra ever since I was 30 years old. You know, I didn't like wine. I tried every year. And then finally, after 30 years old, I started to like wine. You know, same thing with all these other foods. You find, Stephen, as you progress in your years that your palate is continually changing and things that maybe you didn't like a year ago are now uh, attractive. Well, I do believe your palate evolves, and so do your grilling skills. Um, I'm the kind of guy that uh, I love just about everything I eat. Those noises I make on the show, it's funny, I had dinner with some friends the other night, and they said, you're making those noises that you make on the show. I just, I I love eating, I love flavors, I love new tastes. But I think I might have a fix to your your fish problem. I'm all ears. Yes, please. Okay, so it involves a plank. It could be a cedar plank or an alder plank. and But instead of soaking it, which is the standard way of using a plank, right. and in fact, the way that I recommend in some of my books, you char the plank on a hot fire, almost to smoking, almost to burnt, and then you turn it over and you put the fish on the charred plank, and then you put it back on the grill, direct grill, not indirect grill anymore, you char the bottom of it. And that gives you so much flavor. And if you're still a little dubious about that, just try tying a strip of bacon on the top and the bottom of that piece of fish. Works great for trout. I imagine it'd be great for uh, for pike or walleye. And I think uh, it might 
I think it might give you a whole new perspective on grilled seafood. Well, I will absolutely try that. We're talking with Stephen Reichlin. You can find him at barbecuebible.com. Also the host of the new TV show Project Smoke, which can be found at projectsmoke.org. Stephen, so let me ask you, we have uh, Labor Day coming up here in a couple weeks, and obviously uh, everybody's probably going to be thinking about running out the old standards on the grill or the barbecue and in an effort to at least give people some other things to chew on, uh, items that you might recommend or recipes or menu items that you might be doing for a Labor Day celebration instead of the standard stuff. Well, let me start with what we're doing. So, you know, we're still uh, up on Martha's Vineyard, and we do a grill top clam bake on Labor Day. Uh, we take the grill out to the beach, uh, we start, so in- instead of digging a hole and, you know, lining up stones and seaweed, which in effect is the process of steaming, uh, only slight, slightly more interesting than boiling, everything gets grilled. The corn gets grilled. Uh, I put the clams in a grill basket with some, uh, diced, uh, linguisa sausage and that gets grilled just until the clams pop open. Uh, split the lobsters, they get grilled with herb butter. Um, it's, uh, the potatoes, uh, potatoes get put, they get smoked, uh, and then turned into a smoked potato salad. Uh, still getting some good main blueberry. So there's probably be a main blueberry cobbler for dessert or maybe sliced, uh, watermelon, you know, sprinkled with, uh, with goat cheese or diced salty cheese. That's an amazing dessert. So that's the Reichland Labor Day. Uh, for our blog on barbecuebible.com, big this time, and we're, we're going to talk about foods and dishes that you can cook in large quantities for a crowd. I think in the end, that's like what most people want to be able to master. And the thing that I try and tell people all the time is if you're going to be throwing one, you know, A, ask people for help, ask people to bring stuff, make it a kind of everybody's invested into the party, but don't lose yourself in the fact that, I mean, you've probably seen it a hundred times, Stephen, you go to somebody's house and all of a sudden the host has become so involved and overcommitted that they don't have any ability to enjoy their own party. So there's got to be some ways to avoid that, right? Oh yeah. That's it. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you my four part answer to that question. That's work part solution. So, First of all, not only get people involved with bringing stuff, but get people involved with the grilling. So first step, it's an appetizer that you grill to order and serve hot off the grill, right? Because where does everybody go? They congregate around the grill. Right. So maybe it's grilled garlic bread, or maybe it's bacon-wrapped dates, or maybe it's that shrimp cocktail, you know, that you can grill ahead and serve cold. That's a super big help. Okay, step number two is grill a giant platter of vegetables. Why? Super colorful. can be grilled ahead. You could even do it the day before. Grilled vegetables taste great at room temperature, and that hassles out of your hair. Step number three, grill a big hunk of meat, and uh, grill or smoke a big hunk of meat. Maybe it's a brisket. Uh, One thing I've been doing a lot since we did it on the show is a whole beef tenderloin uh, that you smoke. And we actually, uh, I love doing it in the pit barrel cooker and you hang it from the hook and, uh, takes about 45 minutes. You slice it. It's absolutely regal Whipped uh, horseradish, whipped cream, great sauce. And then you bring it back to cooking to order again for the, uh, the dessert. 
And maybe it's some really cool s'more, like you smoke the marshmallows ahead of time. Maybe instead of uh, graham crackers, you're using homemade chocolate chip cookies or shortbread. Um, or maybe it's a grilled pineapple that you put on a rotisserie. You know, you peel it and sprinkle it with uh, cinnamon sugar. But that whole idea is sort of you're using your grill both to cook ahead of time and then, and then show off at the last minute. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show, giving us some holiday tips to not get lost at your own barbecue or grilling event for the upcoming Labor Day situation. Uh, Stephen, let me ask you You know, I I like that. That is a great title for a blog, uh, How to Not Get Lost at Your Own Party. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so easy. I mean, that was me uh, six or seven years ago. I always had these great ideas, and I envisioned how well this party was going to be, but I didn't envision the part where I was going to be running my ass off in between outside, inside, and making sure everybody's stuff was done. And it was no fun for me, and I was the one giving the party. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid that happens pretty often. Well, we've uh, tried to help people out now, so uh, they will do with that information what they will. However, um, one of the other things that I know you're pretty passionate about is the fact that it's a seasonal thing or local stuff or both. What's uh, where you at locally and and what's in season? Uh, People really need to go out and, and do a little bit more research on the regions that they live in and the stuff that they can be putting on the grill depending on what season we are in, right? You know, that is such an important principle. I would say that the two biggest principles that are guiding me uh, in my grilling life uh, this year, today, next year, one, seasonality, and you will not get salmon at my house in the fall, winter, or winter, because I cook salmon only when I can get wild salmon from the Pacific Northwest. I'm, I'm not interested in farm salmon. Um, you will, uh, you know, right now you'll get corn because the corn on Martha's Vineyard is absolutely fabulous. And we have this, you know, somehow I think we've been spoiled in the wrong direction in America where we want everything all year long. We want to eat blueberries in the winter. And that's not how it's supposed to be. And when you cook and grill seasonally, you, you come to look forward to certain foods and flavors, and it just increases the pleasure. The other thing, and I know, uh, Greg, we talked about this last time, last month, um, what your food eats, where it comes from, matters as much as how you uh, grill it. And to me, uh, organic chicken, heritage pork, grass-fed beef, I mean, these really, for me, that's my competitive advantage at this point. Stephen, in, re- in that regard, and I don't think we really talked about, I didn't really follow up on it, is how does one on a consumer side confirm that the grass-fed beef or the humanely raised and and taken out uh, chickens or, you know, whatever you want to have as protein is really what they say. I mean, how are you able to really make sure that you're paying, you're paying what you're paying for, I guess? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a very good question. And we started down this journey, uh, you know, shopping at places like Whole Foods, looking for the label organic. I mean, organic does mean something. Uh, and But what we have done uh, since then is we've really tried to cultivate relationships with individual farmers and growers. Uh, so like on Martha's Vineyard, for example, there's uh, Livingston, the chicken man. And we get all our chickens from him. We call him. We tell him what we want. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, we've learned to have him slaughter, uh, two or three days earlier. So it's not so, fr- you can eat a chicken that's too fresh. 
Um, go to your farmer's markets and make friends with your farmers. You know, first of all, you're getting what's the freshest in your local region, and then you're, poor, you're supporting farmers, which to me is just, it's absolutely essential. You know, uh, Greg, I think for all too long, the whole conversation about barbecue revolved around your smoker, your wood, your rub, your techniques. Nobody kind of gave a thought to the quality of the meat. But let me tell you something. I did a grass-fed brisket a few weeks ago. It was the best brisket I ever made. What were the seasonings? Salt and pepper and hot pepper flakes. What was the wood? Well, I happened to use peach wood, but uh, that, that, that was amazing. But it was really the quality of the meat. Also, it's how to cook it, right? I mean, I've interviewed the top pitmasters for years and years on this show, and these guys mm-hmm. give, much like you do you, uh, with Barbecue University, but they kind of yep. give a, a spill-your-guts class over a two-day period. Geez, yep. you know, aren't you concerned, so-and-so, that you're going to do all of this information telling, giving away all of your secrets and techniques, and next weekend these guys could turn right around and beat you, and they say, you know what, that's kind of a a shallow thought because in the end they have to actually go out and know how to cook it and execute it right and that's where a a large disconnect happens so i mean you really got to know aside from the flavor profiles and all that other stuff you really got to know how to cook something first to make it stellar absolutely and that you know brings us to that whole practice theory i mean i'm sure you've read that book that talks about you know ten thousand hours like Tiger, it, t- it takes a Tiger Woods 10,000. 10, it takes you 10,000 hours of playing golf to become a Tiger Woods. It takes you 10,000 hours of sitting at a computer to become a Bill Gates. And I believe that that's really true with barbecue. You know, just because someone teaches you the techniques, that doesn't mean that unless you practice and practice and practice, you're going to nail it. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, uh, barbecuebible.com, if you want to check it out here while we are uh, chatting it up here for the next few minutes. Stephen, let me ask you a uh, out of the box question here. If I had to send you to an island and you could only bring one cooker with you, only one, what would it be and why? Uh, you know, it would probably be a uh, a kettle grill because uh, you can direct grill on a kettle grill, you can indirect grill on a kettle grill, you can smoke on a kettle grill, uh, you can burn wood. Uh, I don't know if your desert island is going to have charcoal or not. Um, But, you know, and I might even make it simpler than that, and I might even just bring like a Tuscan grill grate, you know, uh, set it up on wood. But, of course, for thinking about the etymology etymology of barbecue, uh, uh, you could get saplings. You know, maybe you'd be lucky enough to have wild allspice growing to make an all-spice grate and put it over an all-spice wood fire and you'd be half the way there towards uh, authentic Jamaican jerk? Uh, it's a good question. One that uh, could spin on and on and on, I'm sure, depending on who you ask. It's uh, Stephen Reichlin. Again, Barbecue Bible, the new TV show is Project Smoke, which you can find on your uh, local PBS channels, uh, projectsmoke.org, the website. Uh, Stephen, always appreciate the time, and uh, we'll do it again next month. You know, I appreciate it, too. And let me tell you, you ask really good questions, and well, I like that. Well, thank you, Stephen, and uh, we'll do it again. There he is, Stephen Reichel, joining us on the show. Uh, P.S., maybe you didn't hear that. I ask really good questions. <laughs> I, would, I, would take the, I would take that kettle, like, 
No doubt about it. I would take the ranch kettle, I mean. Always bigger. I knew he was going to go like... I mean, you know you're dealing with a... A pro. I knew he was going to go like kettle grill to start. Then you could hear the wheels start turning. And he's like, you know what? What if I was someone and I had these sticks and I could make my own bath? He went from kettle grill to Tuscan grill grate to I could just make everything out of wood. That's awesome. Steven Reichlin. Let me talk to you for a few minutes, folks, about the longest-running sponsor of the show located in Warminster, Pennsylvania. Of course, you know who they are, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you're like me, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cooker, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy it from anybody else? Not familiar with how they work? Let me tell you. Imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature, and once set, keeps it running right there all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Now, maybe you are a busy working professional. Perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids. You're doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have that time to set around and tend the pit temps. I get it. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the Barbecue Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. If you're looking for kind of like a cruise control for your pit, might I suggest the Party Q at 149 bucks? You get a revamp, relook type of a cook, um, type of an automatic temperature control device. It runs on AA batteries. It's a self-contained package. It can go from cooker to cooker to cooker. It's very nice. You can also go a little bit more tech geek with the CyberQ Wi-Fi. It'll run up to two pits at once. You connect your smart device to this unit. And then not only can you monitor where your internal temperature or your meat is or where your pit temperature is, you can make adjustments right from your phone or your tablet, your netbook, your laptop, whatever it is. No reason to get out of bed anymore to make those pit adjustments. If you're in the market for a cooker, how about the Onyx Oven? Yeah, winning on competition circuits as well as in backyards all over the country for years now. It's fully insulated. It holds a lot of meat. Gets those half and full pans in there for food service, no problem. You know it's going to work seamlessly with the Barbecue Guru temperature control devices, any of them. Do yourself a flavor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out their products if you have any questions. Call them, 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or visit thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Ernest Cervantes, out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet grills out there on the market today. If you are looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. How about something medium-sized? They got you covered there. Something for those tailgates? Yeah, they got those, too. They can also supply you with pellets for those cookers as well. Check them out online at greenmountaingrills.com. I love mine. 
You can love yours as well if you just go visit GreenMountainGrills.com. All right, joining me now, a barbecue caterer, a TV barbecue competitor extraordinaire, and a guy who has seen time on this show in the past. We race over and welcome back to Burnt Bean Company, Ernest Cervantes, joining us here on the show. Ernest, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, man, look at that dog. Yeah. What's up, dog? This is, this is my pit bull. Yeah, pit bull, pit chihuahua, maybe. <laughs> is that a chihuahua? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's Blanca. Te quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> that, wait, what's his name? Uh, it's Blanca. Blanca. It's a B-L-A-C-A. Uh-huh. It's a girl. It's, that's, uh, that's white, right, in Spanish? Right. Look at me. Watch out. Gold stars for you, buddy. I know. I'm trying my damnedest. Uh, my kids started school today. How about your kids? Are they back to school? No, not till next week. Next week? Wow. Well, we... Uh, I think we were right along that time frame, like forever, and then we were notified at the beginning of well, not we, but they were notified at the beginning of the summer that uh, their spring or their uh, summer break was going to get cut by about two and a half weeks because uh, all of these different counties up where I am in uh, Cleveland were going to be adopting this new uh, school schedule, and there's no proration of your summer days back. It was just like uh, eat it. You got to go back two and a half weeks early, and you're not going to make it up on the backside. But nevertheless. Ah, that's no bueno. Better, uh, better them than me having to go. I mean, I'm like, hey, I got to go to work, dude. So you're not going to get anything from me. All right, so so let's do this, Ernest. But before we get into barbecue pit wars, uh, maybe for the folks that might be tuning in for the first time tonight, or they're just kind of getting into the whole barbecue situation, a uh, little background on you and kind of how you got into the barbecue situation. Uh, I guess uh, I started about seven years ago competitively. Uh. What happened was my neighbor came by, tried my barbecue. He's like, dude, you got to, have you ever thought about competing? And I'd never thought about it. And he actually paid for it. He's like, I want you to take that barrel pit and go out there and kick everybody's butt. And we got first place and uh, the rest is history, man. I've been on Chopped, wow. uh, Chopped Grill Masters, and I've been the champion. Been on Barbecue Pit Masters, uh, Barbecue Pit Master All-Stars, and now Pit Wars. So it's been a blessing. Are you, and you're also, are you catering too, right? Well, I'm an executive chef out of the university, Texas Lutheran University. We cater, everything else, but primarily I'm a competition barbecuer. All right, and that's uh, Burnt Bean Company. Uh, well, the website is Burnt Bean Co. BurntBeanCompany.com. If you want to check it out. Uh, yeah. Are you a? So, I mean, you're obviously a food guy, like from way back. Has uh, food been like a, a family thing for you growing up and being always being around in the kitchen, or is that just something you kind of picked up a little bit later? No, that's that's uh, pretty much how my life revolved was around food. You know, growing up, my grandma had a restaurant, uh, mom and dad. I guess that was the best way to show that they loved us was through, you know, food. And we're a bunch of foodies in our family, and uh, and uh, I guess it just snowballed to me. So I'm just passing generation after generation. So you've seen time now, as you had just mentioned, on uh, the Chopped Grill Masters, which is Food Network. You've been on... Uh, Barbecue Pit Masters, which now is Destination America. Uh, you've been on uh, uh, Barbecue Pit Wars, uh, Grill Masters twice. You saw Barbecue Pit Masters twice. Right. Regular competitor and then all sorts. What uh, people are always trying to figure out a way to get on the show. I mean, you've been on Barbecue Pit Masters twice. You've been on two other shows. So people are like, man, how the hell am I? I can't even get on. 
one TV show. I'm trying all this great stuff. Ernest is on every damn barbecue show. So, like, what is what's the deal? Like, you just have the magic look, or you got the you got the rap down, or what's your success to getting on the TV shows? It's pretty much this face right here, man. It's the million dollar look right here. Charlie damn right. Looking. Damn right. Sexy <laughs> bastard. <laughs> no, honestly, I I just been lucky. Uh, I guess they dig me on there, and uh, I guess I have a big following, and and I guess. I don't know how it. I've just been blessed, and I, you know, when they call, I answer and uh, don't say no. When you are approached for shows, like how does it change from one to the next? Like the first time you were on Barbecue Pitmasters, how how did that differ from Barbecue Pitmasters All Stars? Uh, the way I got on Barbecue uh, Pitmasters the first time, it actually. The original person that was supposed to be on the show, uh, the producer said, "Look, I just I just uh, finished filming uh, this guy on Chopped, and he's a barbecue guy in Texas. Maybe you can call him up." And they called me literally that day, and they said, "Can you come in next?" I think it was like they called me on a Wednesday. I had to be out over there by Thursday afternoon. So that was just lucky, just being there. And then I guess I was one of the fan favorites, so they asked me to be back on on Pitmaster All Stars. And that's just a matter of them picking up the phone and saying, hey, we just want you back on because everybody loves you. Right. And it's no problem. So are, are they paying you to get out there? Do you get any, I mean, aside from, I mean, look, I, I get it. Being on a television is, you know, its own pay in itself because it's your face and not anybody else. Right. But look, I mean, it can be an expense depending on where the hell they want you to go. So do you get stipend or, you know, guarantees or anything like that to make the trek out to wherever you're going to be actually shooting it? Yeah. Um, basically, they pay for, uh, your, you know, your hotel your food and uh, you know what you need to get on the show, like on Barbecue Petmaster All Stars. You know your room lodge, the stuff. You're not gonna walk away with thousands of dollars. It's pretty much like what you said. You're just putting your name out there, and uh, that's that's money in itself, right there. How do you see? How are you seeing it come back to you when you're on all of these shows? Is it spikes of lots of incoming stuff or, or lots of interest and then it kind of dies down or do you just see from that first time it spiked up and it's been up and you've been kind of like riding a wave ever since um it's one of those things that of course everybody spikes right when you're on but the cool thing about it is is that you know not only am i getting notoriety but it, you know it kind of helps out my sponsors too they see the rubs out there people see what i use uh, it helps out my sponsors because now people are wanting to use what I use on TV. They're like, okay, that's Texas pepper jelly or that's Cosmos right there. That's a Creekstone brisket. So it kind of it's a win-win advertisement for everybody, and that helps me out at the end. You know, we're about to roll out our own uh, spices in uh, 2016, so that's going to help out a lot too. Is that a is is that an arena you really want to get into? I mean, with with roughly 758 billion rubs and spices out there on the market. You feel you, know, you feel uh, confident enough in jumping into what many would consider to be a saturated market at this point. You know, I, you know, I've you know everybody's been asking me that for the past five years. Uh, we're rolling out our spices. Not only just it, uh, we're rolling them out, but I think it's just I'm already using them. So if I can sell some on the side, that'd be cool. Uh, if not, it's no big deal. I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna be the one sitting with you know 800 pounds in my living room. And uh, wondering what the hell I'm going to do with it, and you know, buy one get twelve free like fireworks. <laughs> you know? yeah, the so, garage is full of seventeen pallets stacked from floor to roof, right? Exactly. Oh, so yeah. you know, I always consider people without rubs. They come out. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a flavor 
flavor of the month after you know you've been there you get popular then it kind of dies out so at the end of the day i'm using what i'm using as long as i win people might buy them if not i'm not gonna lose any sleep over it all right so people are always interested in the in the people that are successful and i think it's important to note that while you've seen success on the tv side of things uh, that has translated obviously over to the competition side of things as well i mean you've won a number of really big competitions i mean you do really well so people are always interested in are you using so i mean who do you use like who do you who sponsors you and, and who do you believe in yeah my main sponsors are cosmocues uh creekstone farms uh you know craig sherry and texas pepper jelly uh obqs i also have uh junior rias on there uh there's a lot of great people that i have ritters ritters rubs hey and, hey ernest uh, yeah time for a new dog right <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I got a lot of great sponsors, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to move over here real quick because of the lighting. But, uh, yeah, so I've been blessed in that part, and, you know, at, at Western Wood is my predominantly big sponsor. Uh, they, they, you know, they've helped me out tremendously, and I'm very grateful. Are, are they chunks guys, or are they, uh, are they log guys, too? Uh, they, they're everything. They got chips, logs. Uh, you name it, they make it. I like it because it's a great, consistent product, and it wins. Ernest Cervantes joining us here on the show, Burnt Bean Company. You can find that website at burntbeanco.com while we are talking here. On those TV shows, Ernest, do they – and I've heard some from some other people, so I'm just interested in, in getting a little bit different perspective from different folks that are on TV shows. Do they encourage you to uh, run at the mouth a little bit just for uh, fun and excitement? Uh, they do. It's uh, how was that? How was that proposition? Say, hey, go talk crap. To I'm sorry, you broke up. I'm sorry. Like, how was that position to you to make it? You know, it's kind of like a, a weird thing, right? Well, if you've ever been in, you know, this isn't my first rodeo. You kind of know what the network wants, and you kind of want to make the show a good show. Because if you don't, it's going to be a stalemate, and then you're going to have to hear repercussions, kind of like on Pitmaster saying, "Oh, it's boring. It's the same old stuff." But you know, on Pit Wars. You know, Michael, Myron, and all of us got together and say, hey, let's talk some smack. Let's get some fun stuff going here uh, because it makes the show more interesting. And it doesn't sound mundane looking at someone prep a brisket or turning chickens, and that's it. So we had a lot of fun, and the camaraderie, too. Uh, camaraderie has a lot to do with it. If, you, if you're digging the guys you're with and you're doing the show with, it comes out to be a better show. I, I guess where the, uh, the the potential issue for viewers is, and and potentially for the uh, for the contestants too. I mean, if you're not a guy that is a shit talker or that likes to to run smack, but you want to be on the show and and you're a qualified cooker and you're going to do well, right? Do, do you have to play devil and, and angel on on the other side of the show? Yeah, you know, would you rather see a guy that's funny, comes up with great one liners, uh, talks a little smack and backs it up? And or a guy that's really good at barbecue, but doesn't say anything. He's just there. It's not. It's not good for TV. Maybe that's why a lot of those people that are crying about not being on television are not television. <laughs> they cook really good, but that's all they can do. All right. Um, do you think that? Well, let me ask you this question. I mean, it's not loaded because I would just kind of ask you. You seem to be on television, but have you noticed that when it comes to barbecue on television? I mean, you see a lot of the same freaking guys on television. Is that just because of the, do we tie back to the fact that the guys that you're seeing uh, can cook, but then they can also bring the Hollywood side to the show as well? Right. Um, 
Yeah, that's, you know, it's kind of actually a changing of the guard. You know, when this all started, it was more Harry Sue, uh, Johnny Trigg, all those guys. Now it's kind of moved to a different era. You know, you got Robbie Royal, you got myself, you know, Hot Wachulas was on it, Michael Character. You know, they're, they're coming up with different bunches of people. And I guess, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just blessed that they kind of dig me watching on TV. So. Is, is a restaurant guy ever going to win a barbecue competition show? Oh, man, I don't know. Unless he changes everything, I don't think so. He's a, his restaurant's phenomenal. His food is great, but at the end of the day, it's competition barbecue is a different animal. And you know he has a lot of pride in not doing that. And as long as you keep that philosophy, keep on being last place or you know <laughs> close to the last. Because you have to cook for who's judging you, and a lot of those right. guys are competition barbecue cooks. So uh, perhaps subconsciously, they're just expecting what they would turn in as well to be on their plate, right? Right. Let me guess. Negra. No. Oh, damn it. (laughs) I thought I'd go for the easy guess, but you never know. Uh, So so if if you're not going to be cooking for your judges, I mean, inherently, you're going to be, you know, first one asked to leave. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, we're not cooking for ourselves. We cook for ourselves at home. At cook-offs, you got to cook for the uh, your judges and what they want. No matter how sweet it is, I, I hate it, but if they like it like that, guess what? I'm not spending $600, $700 just to do what I want to do. I want to win. So talk to me about Barbecue Pit Wars. Uh, for the folks that maybe haven't seen it, uh, maybe thumbnail sketch out the idea of the show, and then you know what did you think about being on it versus some of the other shows? Uh, pit Wars, I really liked the show. Last year, it was the first season. They asked me to do it last year, but I had a, had a wedding I had to go to right in the middle of filming, so I wasn't able to get on it. Uh, So that was fortunate enough to be asked this year. All it is is pretty much, in my opinion, what they did the first couple of seasons of Pit War, I mean, Pit Masters. They went back to the roots of competition and seeing us how we compete. But the difference was we were competing against Myron in Georgia and Robbie Royals from Georgia and Mike Characters from Georgia. And uh, they brought this big Texas boy in to throw a a little wrench in the the machine. So uh, that's what we did. I don't think they expected us to do so well, but uh, I adapted. I got my best friend out there, Eric Thomas, from the Rolling Grill, and uh, we kicked some ass. Overall, very happy with your time on Barbecue Pit Wars, then? Oh, yeah. I had a blast. I, I, you know, I met so many great people out there in the South that you, you know, only know from Facebook. So to see them and to hang out with them, you know, Hot Wachulas, Blazing Sevens, uh, Smoking Q, uh, who else? The Killer Bees. Uh, there's so many uh, Bubba's. Uh, there's so many great people out there, and uh, it was really cool to hang out with them. It was even better to beat them all. Yeah, always better to beat everybody when you have the chance. Uh, more TV shows on deck for Ernest? Uh, right now, uh, right now I can't say. <laughs> all right, that's a yes. <laughs> Stay tuned. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ernest Cervantes is the barbecue or is the pitmaster for Burnt Bean Company, uh, burntbeanco.com. Uh, where are you going to be competing at next, Ernest? Uh, the next cook-off, I should be at San Antonio Rodeo in September. That's a big one, right? Yeah, there's about four, 500 teams. Uh, we grand championship. And is that going to be is that going to be your team, or are you going to be like hired gun for somebody else? Uh, no, it's my team. Do you hire gun? Oh, yeah. What's your fee to hire gun? Um. Six pack of big reds and a, pa- and a bag of pork rinds. <laughs> big reds. Oh my god! 
He's crazy. Uh, Ernest Cervantes joining us here on the show. Uh, Ernest, good luck there uh, at your next competition. And uh, when news breaks, you know who to call first, brother. You know it, brother. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. There he is, Ernest Cervantes. Burnt Bean Company. BurntBeanCO.com. That's BurntBeanCO.com. And uh, as I said, this is a guy you see on television quite a bit nowadays. Oh. That was me banging into my never been in front of one. Here's something I want to talk to you about, as I just mentioned in the first segment. The CHOPS Power Injector System. 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year from the National Barbecue Association. Three awesome sizes to fit your needs. Patent pending technology. Let's break it down. Number one seller, half gallon CHOPS Power Injector System. That's what I got. Designed for the competition or the backyard guy. Easy to use. Clean to fill it, pump it, and you are ready to go. If you just need one brisket or a pork shoulder, you don't have to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. I can confirm that, by the way. It comes with the 14-gauge needles, the two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and the needle protector, all for 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Then you have the one-gallon chest power injector system, designed for the catering and bigger jobs. Holds double the amount of the injection system at the half-gallon size. Use it in competitions like when you are cooking MBN, whole hog or maybe you got 10 shoulders to get that perfect one it comes with 14 gauge needles two replacement plastic needle adapters three plug screws a needle protector 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere the newest one is the chops full power injector system it's electric and it's the commercial and competition big daddy it's not a holding tank but a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container from a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum that was designed for chef rob at the best barbecue restaurant in kansas city he said time and time again that with a chopsful power injector system his briskets are better than ever comes with metal needle adapters 14 gauge needles 3 inch 12 gauge needles 2 inch 11 and a half gauge needles 3 plug screws and a needle protector 325 plus shipping anywhere a number of the top pit masters in the world use chops power injector systems every day to make their barbecue better than the rest Here's the thing, right? Ernest Cervantes just said it. We live in a foodie world. You need flavor in every bite. This is how you do it. This is how you do it fast. It's not just for meat. How about alcohol-infused watermelon or pineapple or carob fruit? Honeydew. Extra accessories, you want them, they have them. Want to shoot medium ground spices? They have you covered for that. They have two, three, and four-inch 12-gauge needles. Also, they have you... Covered with a 2-inch closed tip needle, perfect for shooting fatty meats to keep the fat from plugging up the needle. They sell replacement stock needle adapters and plug screws. They have a great upgrade so you can make any Chops Power Injector bulletproof with metal needle adapters. It's perfect. It's Chops Power Injector System. Gives you and your barbecue some power. BarbecueKansasCity.com. B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. BarbecueKansasCity.com. Thanks to Dan Uladol. And the folks over at Chaps Power Injector System, we're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back 
216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Thanks again to Ernest Cervantes for joining me this past segment. By the way, everybody asking, who won the peach barbecue sauce? Who won the peach barbecue sauce? A email contributor to the show, Eugene Apicella won. Congratulations to Eugene. I'm going to send that over to Dan Arnold at Suckle Busters, and you will get some spicy peach barbecue sauce. You're going to be so excited, Eugene. I'm not trying to pump you up to get you in that right frame of mind. However, I think you might be pleasantly surprised. The viscosity, and if you just take it out in a bowl and kind of take a spoon and watch it come off the spoon, watching its viscosity, that's something all on its own. Pardon me. So enjoy that when you get it. We are going to step away here just for a few minutes and reload for the second hour. Uh, Pork for sure, Eugene. Chicken for sure. If you like sweet meat, I do not like sweet meat. Like sweet beef. Oh, allergy attack. If you like sweet beef, that might be a winner too. I don't like sweet beef. My wife likes sweet beef. (laughs) What? Also, if you could, a little feedback on the uh, newly revised camera angle. You like it, you don't like it, you don't care. Want all the feedback there. I'm going to step away, refresh my libation, and we'll be back for the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Uh, More to come on the show. Hang on. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? We ate 50 for wieners. But listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. This is a show that talks about a lot of things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, I just gave you... uh, Did I? Did I? 216-220-0966. 
Dave Bosk is in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Feel free to jump in if you want. Eugene, uh, send me your shipping information from Port St. John, Florida, and I will make sure that you get your peach barbecue sauce. Thanks again to Ernest Cervantes for joining us last segment, talking about a lot of barbecue TV stuff. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. As Chris Becker told us last week, if you sign up for their app, they're constantly monitoring Amazon because for points that seem to be indiscriminate at best, there are some days that Amazon will blow out pellets at a ridiculous, and by ridiculous I mean cheap price. And then other days you're looking at your normal you know, 40-pound bag deal. But get that app, and if you need pellets because you have a pellet-fired cooker, get it when it's cheap. Stock up when it's cheap, right? If it's free, it's me. The 25th, oh, sorry, still just come on the show tonight. In about 13 minutes from now, Bruce Bjorkman from Mac Grills will be talking to us about uh, their line of pellet cookers. And then at 10.35, we will talk to Jared Hausengay about his 2015 Sam's Club local win in Scarborough, Maine. So looking forward to that. As I just mentioned, the 2015 Sam's Club series rolled into Scarborough, Maine this past weekend. A local qualifying event that feeds the top six teams into the Richmond-Virginia final on September 5th. Those top six teams moving on are in grand championship fashion with a 679.9 Insane Swine Barbecue. Again, we'll be talking with him in about 32, 33 minutes from now. RGC Road Hog Barbecue. Third place, Pork Butt Paradise with a 677.14. Wait a second. Who's this number four team? Who? The what? Wait a second. Put your hands together for the basic barbecue team. Patrick Paquette and Wendy Paquette with a 677.06. Congratulations as they move on to the regionals. Q and a half men with a 670.8 and rounding out the top six. Smoking Hogs Barbecue, Massachusetts, 664.4. So if you look, really between one and four, not even eh, just two points separating one from four. As contests go, one through six, very tight. Well, at least one through five. Uh, Sixth place dropped off quite a bit. They were about 20 points behind. Well, not not 20. 15. Whatever. The next Sam's Club event will be on August 22nd in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Again, this will be another local qualifier. Those six teams will also feed into the Richmond, Virginia final. Again, that takes place on September 5th. So congratulations to... Solid and loyal centralite Patrick and Wendy Paquette for moving on to the Richmond, Virginia regional final September 5th. Uh, fourth overall, so very, very reputable. 
26 teams out there. So what can I tell you? Uh, the top 10 teams currently in the Kansas City Barbecue Society. Yeah, sure, why not? Still first, two weeks in a row, American Dream Barbecue Team. Clark Crew Barbecue second. Iowa Smokey D's third. Getting Basted fourth. Big Papa Smokers fifth. Smoke Me Silly sixth. Yellow River Barbecue seven. Checkered Pig Barbecue eight. Shake and Bake Barbecue nine. And rounding out the top ten, the Wizard of Waz. Mike and Beth Wozniak. Cue Congratulations to them. What did I do with it? Because I didn't have time to pre-record, to pre-produce the weekly barbecue roundup, I was going to give it a shot live, see how well I can do with it. Let me find Late, late show. All right. Here is a live edition, never been done before, of the weekly barbecue roundup. All right, folks, here's your edition of the Weekly Barbecue Roundup for August 14th, ladies and gentlemen. Atlanta Barbecue Festival, Atlanta, Georgia. Winning at Awesome Q with a 695.3. Hudson Valley Rib Fest, New Paltz, New York. Winning it, Red Valley Barbecue with a 663.9. Stand by your grill, Fulton, Mississippi. Winning it, Killer Hogs with a 701.7. And under some controversy, I understand. Confer Mountain Barbecue Challenge. Confer Colorado cooking up in altitude. Three Little Max Barbecue with a 693.0. Classic City Barbecue Fest and Tailgate Show. It's a GBC qualifier. Athens, Georgia winning at Atlanta Barbecue Store with a 696.5. Pepsi Wyoming State Championship Barbecue and Bluegrass Festival in Warland, Wyoming. Hey, look at that rooftop barbecue winning it with a 691.9. Jimmy's Roadhouse Backyard Barbecue Battle in Nwango, Michigan. Smoking Aces at the Barbecue Superstore.com with a 700.03. Sam's Club National Barbecue uh, Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. Scarborough, Maine. We know Insane, Insane Swine Barbecue won that with a 679.9. Barbecue and Fly In on the River, Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Winning it. J Star Barbecue with a 689.6. 23rd Annual State Barbecue Championship of Nebraska in Omaha, Nebraska. Winning at Spitfire with a 703.4. That's a high score. 14th Annual Maryland State Barbecue Bash in Belair, Maryland. Winning it. Chick Swine and Bovine, 696.5. Kansas City Kosher Barbecue Competition and Competitor Series. So it doesn't count for points. Oh, and no results are in for the Kosher Barbecue Competitions. That might be anti-Semitic. Eurego Barbecue Festival in Holy Moly. The Eurego Barbecue Festival in Waldefuchtharen, Nordhein Westphalen, Germany. Miss Piggies UK with a 678.8. Of course, nothing going on in the FBA right now. They're in between seasons. The Texas Barbecue Update. The IBCA International Barbecue Cookers Association. Elections are in. 340 of the 700 members. It's a pretty good turnout. Executive Director Craig Sherry wins with 73% of the vote. Secretary Sarah Trevino. Treasury Joe Smith. Director at Large Lars Flores and Michelle Wade. 
Three out of seven cooks reporting this past weekend. Cowboy of the Year Rodeo Cook-Off in Pleasanton, Texas. 34 teams. Winning it, Anthony De La O of Frio Cookers. Smoke in the Park, Kirbyville, Texas. Winning it, Richard Frega of Community Cookers. Saddle up for Alzheimer's in Edna, Texas. Back Bass Ackwards Cookers. Carl Limmer, Hill County Rally for Kids in Driftwood, Texas, winning it. Ace Estrada, smoking aces. Uh, no competitions for Texas Gulf Coast and uh, zero of six reporting for Lone Star Barbecue Association. Thanks to Doug Shining of Rogue Cookers, as always, for the gear, but as uh, more importantly for the Texas barbecue updates. And uh, that's going to do it for this weekly barbecue roundup. How about that? I did it live, ladies and gentlemen. I did it live. Is it better live than pre-recorded? I don't want to toot my own horn, but I am pretty fucking talented. Thank you. As mentioned, we do have Bruce Bjorkman coming up out of the break to talk about Mac Grills. I want to talk to you quickly about the easy way to make great barbecue, right? Anywhere in Texas. Dougie, anywhere in Texas. ButcherBBQ.com. ButcherBBQ.com, the website. Go there immediately, if not sooner. We all know Butcher is well-known for all those injections, the pork injections, the beef injections, the bird boosters. This is not an injection, but you could probably inject with it. Grilling oils. Dave, I ask you every week, how are we on the five-gallon buckets of grilling oils? Where are we? If you need the rubs, he's got them. Premium rubs, of course, which work especially well with the uh, butcher's injections, formulated to work with those injections. It's going to give you that one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. He's got the steak and brisket rub if you need it. My favorite is the honey rub. I use it all the time. Love it. If you're looking for a sauce, I know I went on and on about how good the Suckle Buster's uh, spicy peach barbecue sauce was, and it is. Dave's is one of my favorites as well, the sweet barbecue sauce. As I mentioned before, I'm as picky as it gets when it comes to barbecue sauce. Dave's sweet barbecue sauce wins in all the categories for me. It's not overly sweet, which I appreciate. It's got nice tang, which I like. It's got some back-end heat to it, which I appreciate. It's got no liquid smoke, which is the best thing ever. You can tell Dave took the time and effort to craft and then bottle a quality sauce, not taking the easy way out like a lot of these people do. Grab a box of six. It's going to go fast. How about shipping? Yeah, don't worry. You're not going to break the bank. How about this? Items totaling up to $55. Ships at $8.50. Between $55 and $200, they ship at $9.75. Anything over $200 ships for free. What do I tell you each and every week? Do your shopping on the store. Buy over $200 worth of stuff. You're going to be happy that you did. There isn't one product that you're going to email me in private and go, Hey, this product blows. You are a liar. Dave is just out for my money. It's not true. Dave's products are tested and tested and tested. Dave, does uh, Levi use Butcher's Barbecue products in the Butcher's Barbecue stand, which, you know, now, uh, was it 90 days in, is going fabulously well from what I understand. Congratulations to Levi. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com right now, won't you? Do me a favor. Do Dave a favor. ButcherBBQ.com. Hook up with all the products. Get the grilling oils going. If you haven't tried the grilling oils, try those. Come on. Get away from the blue bottle. Get to the grilling oils. 
Be a trendsetter. Don't be a follower. Don't be a lemming. Don't jump off the cliff like the rest of those schmucks. Get the grilling oil. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And yes, they do use Butcher Barbecue products at the Butcher Barbecue stand. Of course. Come on. You got to be kidding. All right. We're back with Bruce Bjorkman, Mr. Barbecue, right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by iGrill. Yep, iGrill. Makers of the most advanced Bluetooth grilling thermometers, monitors the temperature of whatever you're grilling up to 150 feet away. What? Yeah, that's right. Up to 150 feet away. You can use it on your iOS or Android device. Here's the hint. Use promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. That is promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase. And uh, believe me, uh, I have to tell you that indeed it is working now too, by the way. Had a little issue with that promo code. I called the folks at iGrill. We have it worked out. So uh, all is well there. Don't worry. You'll get your 15% off because I know you love the deal, Central Lights. All right. Uh, let's race over to the hotline. Uh, he was a radio legend out there in the Pacific Northwest. He was uh, spending time for years with Traeger, now with Mac Grills. You see him on this show every so often as well. Mr. Barbecue, Bruce Bjorkman. Bruce, how are you, bud? Hello? Bruce? Hello? That's weird. That was right there, right? Bruce. Your call has been completed. What? How you are calling is not receiving calls at this time. You gotta be kidding me. What? That's crazy. Now hold on a damn minute. Gotta have so many emails during the course of a day. It's hard to keep track. I thought I dialed that number. Five. Uh-oh. Did I not use the right one? Sounds good. Da, da, da. Five, zero, three. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's the one. All right, we'll try it again. Calling does not accept unidentified calls. Uh-oh. If you are a solicitor, please hang up now. I'm not. To automatically unblock your name and number for this call oh, only oh. and complete the call, oh. press 1. Okay. Enter the- wow. i got to figure out what the hell that is. That's great. How do I do that? Man, that would be one. I would love to have that. Mr. Barbecue. Mr. Rempe. hey Okay, Bruce. So <laughs> we, gotta, we have to forego uh, barbecue talk just for about 30 seconds. Uh, okay. What piece of software do you have on your phone that uh, tells people to f off? That is spectacular, and I got to get it immediately. I don't have anything like that. You don't? No. 
I just called you and it said uh, this number doesn't recognize and press one to keep going and all this. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. I think you might have missed out, buddy. No, I got. I pressed one and then you got on the phone. Get out of here. I swear. Everybody was listening to what happened live over the air. Wow. All right. I don't know what to say about that. Let's hurry up and buy it. We'll make a boatload of money. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hurry and do that. I'm, I'm going to have to call myself after we get done. I'm going to have to call this number on my cell phone and see what the heck it says. Yeah, that would be That's great. Crazy. All right. So uh, Bruce Bjorkman joining me here uh, with Mac Grills. Of course, the website Mac Grills, M-A-K, MacGrills.com. And uh, so let's talk about, well, so I've been running kind of this ongoing uh, segment on the show about, you know, pit makers. And if we have okay. new people coming to the show and or maybe they're kind of thinking about buying something new. So I want to get stick burners and pellet burners and charcoal grills and all this stuff in here. So obviously, you know, Mac Grill is one of the foremost pellet grills out there on the uh, market today. And uh, perhaps we could do a little, you know, investigating of Mac Grills and how they're made and why people would want to consider uh, the, the Mac Grill over some of the other pellet cookers that, I mean, look, you remember okay. back in the day, it was just Traeger and that was it. And that now, was it, man. man, back in the late 80s, early 90s, I mean, there was one only brand of pellet grill in the world, and that was Traeger. Today, there are over 30 different brands of pellet grills on the market. Wow. It's unbelievable. So is it 30 brands and as many manufacturers, or are there some manufacturers making multiple brands, if that makes sense? Um, yeah. In the case of, like, for example, Danson's out of Canada, they've got Louisiana, Country Smoker, and uh, I think they also come out with a new uh, model called the Pit Boss. So, yeah, there are some manufacturers that are ma- making more than one line. Um, the majority basically are just a one brand plate manufacturer. So you're with Mac Grills. You spent a lot of time with Traeger. So mm-hmm. as someone who has obviously intimate knowledge of, you know, what Traeger was like, and then you, you're over at Mac Grills now, how do you, yep. uh, I mean, is, is there any comparison in, in, in contrasting there, or is it all just contrasting? You know, honestly, the Mac Grill is just so far superior to anything really else out there on the market. And I, and I think I can say that very objectively, having been a pellet head myself since 1991, um, 20 Four years of basically exclusively <laughs> cooking on pellet grills. And I've seen almost every single brand out there, not all of them, but I mean, holy smokes, more than probably 85, 90% of them. And the thing that, that really sets Mac apart, number one, just the, the absolute build quality. I mean, my God, it is unreal how well engineered and designed they are and how easy they are for people to assemble. We daily get new grill registrations from new grill owners. And that's one of the top comments that we hear all the time about, you know, Hey, this thing went together so well, there's no slop to it built like a tank. You know, we hear that all the time. And so I I think that's one thing. The other thing is, Hey, we are proud to be American made. And we wave that flag and honk that horn all the time because when you buy a Mac grill, you're not just supporting Mac grills. You're also supporting the other companies that provide 
components for our grill, the auger motors, the auger, the control board, the nuts and screws and washers that go into it, the stainless steel that goes into it, all of those are American-made and American manufacturers. So we're keeping more than just Mac Grill Americans employed. It, it goes out like you drop a pebble into a pond, that ripple effect that goes out through the economy. Bruce, let me ask you something, and you well know this, uh, having been in the industry. You know, a lot of people, consumer-wise, will always talk. They talk a good American game. But when it mm-hmm. comes down to dropping down the Benjamins, it seems like the guys that honk the loudest about All-American are the first ones to cheap out and go overseas and, and buy the cheap rent. Do you? Has there been any head-banging or, or battles that you have to overcome, as we say in the sales world, objections that you have to overcome initially to get somebody into a, a Mac grill or, or a higher-end American-made grill than you would for some of those other ones made overseas? Well, I think the thing that you need to understand, Greg, is Mac grills were not trying to appeal to every single segment of the consumer market. We are a high-end product. We're not inexpensive, and, and it's purposely that way because we don't cut corners we only buy the best quality materials and components to go into our grills, and you can't have quality by cutting corners or doing it on the cheap. So, you know, there are some people that say, hey, I'd, I'd love to own one, but I'm not going to pay that kind of money. All right, there's other choices out there for you to, you know, go and choose from, and, and that's fine. I believe that a lot of the people that are buying the lesser expensive pellet grills is, in our minds, hey, that person is a future Mac Grills owner. So, yeah, there are some people that gripe about it, but the people that look at Mac Grill and look at the quality and the features it's got and how it operates, it more than justifies the expenditure because you're only going to have to buy that grill one time in your lifetime and be done with it. Bruce Bjorkman joining me here on the show, Mr. Barbecue uh, for Mac Grills. MacGrills.com is the website if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Uh, Bruce, so let's go ahead and get into those features and benefits and what makes a Mac Grill indeed a Mac Grill. Okay. Well, I think first and foremost is the controller, the pellet boss. It's got more features than you and I have fingers and toes. And we were the very, very first pellet grill manufacturer to come out with a grill that incorporated meat probes into the operation of the grill. Meat probes that you don't just stick in and they register the temperature. These are meat probes that you can actually set to alarm at a specific internal temperature. So that's one of the features of the of the pellet boss, the fact that you have elapsed cooking timers. When I do a, a long-term cook, um, as soon as I close down the lid on my Mac, I start my elapsed timer it keeps track of how long my meat's been on the grill, how long I've been smoking it for or whatever. And so I don't have to use my 61-year-old memory to try and remember that stuff. It does it for me. There are customizable cooking programs that you can go in and set up. So maybe you love to do brisket all the time or pork shoulder or uh, ribs or whatever. You can actually set that grill up to make temperature changes based either on time or meat probe temp and you can do five temperature changes per each one of the three programs. Wow. So those are, those are some of the things. Uh, internal ash cleanout, removable stainless steel fire pot for easy cleaning, 
Um, we eliminated the grease bucket. Now there's a two-quart stainless steel grease drawer where the grease will run into. And then when it gets full, obviously, you pull it out and empty it out. Um, so those are some significant changes. And then the fact that we've also engineered our grills to run at plus or minus 10 degrees set point temperature. And for many of the people that own other brands of pellet grills, you know, they're dealing with temperature swings of 25 to sometimes even up to 50 degrees. The Mac grill is going to lock in at, at plus or minus 10 degrees of set point temperature. And that's better than the majority of home ovens that you can buy for your house. Bruce Bjorkman joining me here on the show. Uh, Bruce, what about in regards to like, well, we'll get to that. We'll get that here in a second. Um, All right. A lot of pellet grills will promote they can do it all. They're low and slow cookers. They can do medium range, and then they can get up to searing hot temperatures where you can do steaks, burgers, and dogs. A lot of those right. fall flat. A lot of them ultimately can't really push over 400 degrees because, I mean, they're just not set up that way, and they want to be everything to everybody, but in all reality, they're not. Does the Mac grill fall into that situation as well? No, it actually is able to get to searing temperatures up to 500 degrees. And on the two-star general, which is our flagship model and our most popular model, we've got as standard equipment, our flame zone direct cooking unit. This is a pan that has, for lack of any other better description, dimples in it. In, in the middle of that embossed dimple, there's a hole, and there's a whole series of these all the way across the cooking chamber. Well, when you want to grill, you can either raise the temperature to 450 or on high, which will kick it up to that 500 degree mark, somewhere between 450 and 500. And then you grill and sear directly over that flame zone. And I'll tell you what, going from a Traeger where the highest temperature I ever got in all the models I ever had was like 435 degrees on a very hot August afternoon. With my Mac, and, and I could never get my steaks, I love ribeye steaks, and so you get that outer subcutaneous layer of fat, could never get it crunchy on a Traeger. On my Mac, that's not a problem. I can get that fat nice and crunchy, and it just makes me as happy as all can be. And, Greg, searing starts at 350 degrees. And when I was doing my radio show, I called a couple of uh, very well-known steakhouses and talked to them about what temperatures they seared their steaks. Ringside in Portland, where I'm going to go Thursday night for dinner with some friends, they sear their steaks at 475 degrees. I talked to another steakhouse over in Tri-Cities, Washington, and they sear their steaks at 400 degrees. Mm. And then they stick them into a salamander to finish off. So, you know, people have this, I think, misconception that you've got to, you know, if you're going to sear a steak or a chop or whatever, you've got to be at 900, 1,000, 1,800 degrees. And you know what? That's just not true. Bruce Bjorkman joining me here on the show, MacGrills.com, the website. Uh, Bruce, as far as Mac's attack on the market, is it buying through dealers? Is it all online? Is it a mixture of both? How do you get the grills out to people? It's, it's a mixture of, of three spokes, specialty retailers. We have two Internet dealers. And then if you're in an area where you don't have a dealer anywhere around you, you can purchase directly from Mac. 
What's your thought on, because I, I know there's different schools, right? Um, one company might want to go as quickly as they could into big box stores, and one company might want to go into an Amazon.com or some kind of a only online retailer, and some guys just want to go through the specialty shop, the mom-and-pop uh, fireplace and grill stores, and each one seems to have a, a good idea of why that way is the best. Sure. Is, is it best to have eggs dispersed all around, or, or do you would you rather... If possible, and maybe the culture that we're in doesn't make it possible anymore, but would you, if, if all things being equal, would you rather just go through the brick-and-mortar stores and educate the people that are selling them so then they can in turn educate the customers? Do you think that would be the ideal situation? Well, for us, that's definitely the way to go because, you know, again, we are a higher-end product. Uh, we Like the Pellet Boss, yeah, that needs some explaining and demonstrating to show people how unique and special it is. Uh, like on the, the two-star, we have the warmer smoker box. We need somebody that knows what that thing can do and how it's best used and what the benefits are for the grill owners. So, you know, it's been our experience that we purposely limit Internet sales because we want to help. And, again, this is keeping Americans employed, getting people into the specialty retailer because they are specialists. And we, we are very particular about who is going to represent Mac Grills. I mean, we don't accept everybody that comes knocking on the door. We have a criteria, and we vet that potential dealer probably as much as they vet us. So, you know, what I tell people all the time is we choose you as much as you choose us. And, um, you know, some some companies are in a rush to to grow because they've got profit pressures on them and got to meet, uh, you know, quarterly dividend marks or, or, you know, gross sales figures or whatever, we tend to want to grow slow but steady. We're not in a big rush. We're not, we, we are not going to be ever a Traeger. We're never ever going to be like a Weber. That just doesn't appeal to us. We want to create a great pellet grill that does what we say it does and grow at a nice, controlled, steady rate because that way it keeps everything manageable and it definitely helps to reduce the headaches you know, compared to to a company that's in a dead heat rush to get to market and, and expand their distribution and their sales, you know, however, which way they can do that. Bruce, pulling it out at, at more of a higher level, I mean, as you'd said, you're cooking with wood pellets the last 24, 25 years. So as you look forward into the future, is this a way of cooking that is fad driven or do you see pellet grills being around in some form or fashion going forward in the long term oh i don't think it's a fad by any means i I'm, we're way past the niche fad um scenario from the aspect that you know back up until about 2006 when the trigger patent expired and then you saw green mountain and louisiana jump into the market and then it just exploded from there I mean, with 30 brands of pellet grills on the market, it's a category to be reckoned with. Do I think it's the future? Heck yeah, I do. I really do. Because 90% of the people that buy a Mac pellet grill are replacing a gas grill with their Mac. And so what's that telling you? They're looking for more temperature control. They're looking for more flavor. They're looking for the ease and ability to both grill and smoke and cold smoke in the same unit. So I think that, you know, and, and all of us in the industry, we took the pellet grill category by itself. 
we probably maybe hit 2% of the market so far as penetration. So I think there's a huge, huge future and upside for pellet grills. You bet. Let me ask you this question. It's uh, purely speculation, but that's my job, and it's uh, fun for you to answer, I'm sure. Um, if if a, let's say, a Weber or a Charbroil uh, decided that they wanted to come into the pellet market, is it more likely that they would try and produce something that's cheap and kick it out there and think that they would be successful surviving on just the brand of Weber or Charbroil, or do you think that they would come to a Mac grill or, or a green mountain and say, Hey, great job here, guys. Here's a check for $10 billion. We're just going to take it over here and, and put our name on it. Any one of those scenarios is definitely possible. I mean, there's no way that you can, can guess, you know, what's going to happen. Um, I know that at one point uh, Trigger approached Weber years and years and years ago. And I'll tell you a little funny story behind that. Um, our businessman, the businessman Trigger, basically was responsible for dispersing mail. And uh, in the stack of mail that I got one day, and all the mail was pre-opened. He didn't look at it, but they just slipped the envelopes and stuff. But in the stack was an envelope from Weber. And it was a letter to Randy Traeger saying, you know, we looked at your company and thanks for approaching us, but uh, we're just not interested. Now, that was probably early 2000s that that, I recall seeing that letter. Um, I folded it up, put it back in the envelope, took it back to the business manager and said, this uh, this isn't mail for me. This needs to go Randy. Um, You know, anything's possible, Greg. Uh, there's always a potential that Weber might come into the market, you know, but here's, here's the thing that I tell people when they're asking me what makes Mac different or whatever compared to this grill or that grill or whatever grill, uh, in the pellet category. And this is what I say. So let's say that, let, let's just say for the heck of it, that you own a triggered grill. Okay. Yeah. And I'll say, you know what, Greg, at night when your trigger grill is sleeping, it's dreaming of becoming a Mac grill. <laughs> and years ago, years ago, I read uh, David Ogilvie's book about advertising. And in it was a poem from Sir Anthony Gloucester. They copied all they could follow, but they couldn't copy our minds. And we left them sweating and stealing a year and a half behind. And that's basically our whole passion at Mac is we will continue to be the innovators. We'll find ways to push the envelope so far as wood pellet grills are concerned. And I think that's one of the strongest things behind the Mac brand is the fact that we're dedicated. We've got an over the top passion for being innovators and bringing new things to the pellet grill category. So, you know, am I worried about those other guys? No, let them, let them get out there. Let's, let's expand the pellet market. Like I said, maybe 2% of the grill buying industry is pellet grills. There's an awful lot of growth potential that hasn't even been scratched yet. Bruce, for uh, 14 years, you were hosting Cooking Outdoors with Mr. Barbecue. And in May, you decided to uh, turn the mic off and hang up the cans. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's the uh, precipitating event? Just uh, just enough time. I mean, you had a very successful run. You were syndicated up down the uh, Pacific Northwest there. So, 
uh, as, yeah. as a guy who you know isn't on any radio per se other than uh, you know sticking in his basement on the internet um, and, and wishing he could get syndicated free like a, a Rush Limbaugh or whoever. Um, yeah. You know what what what, uh, what put the fire out? Well, you know the fire didn't necessarily go out, but like I had mentioned earlier, I'm 61 years old, and um, giving up 14 years of, 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 you know, basically working six days a week for 14 years with very few vacations or time off. I think in the, in all the 14 years, maybe a half a dozen times when I wasn't live with the fastest, tastiest hour on radio. Um, and it just got to the point where, you know, I'm not getting any younger and my wife isn't getting any younger. And I'd sure like to spend some more time with her on the weekends because, Hey, Greg, we never know when the hourglass is going to run out. You know, the sand in the top of the hourglass is going to run out. So, um, there were some things that were, were being discussed at, uh, alpha. And I just decided, you know, this would probably be a good time just to say thank you and goodbye. And that's what I did. And wow. uh, it was a a fabulous fourteen year run uh, on a, you know on, on a radio show topic that you really just don't see anywhere around the country, right? But you know, and and uh, I got to tell you, in just this week alone, from like the weekend through today, actually from last Friday through today, uh, there have been five people that I've spoken with who bemoan the fact that I'm not on the air on Saturdays. <laughs> And I love I love doing the show. I had so much fun with it. I, I'm surprised as hell that they kept me on the air for 14 years because I wasn't your typical talk show host. I was like a bull in the china closet. When my mic went on, baby, I'm coming at you full bore. And we're playing the blues and rock and roll, and we are having fun for an hour. And I... You know, and, and I'm very, very thankful and humbled by many of the people that have emailed and called and who I run into and, and said nice things about the show and everything. And, and Greg, look at you. I mean, here you are. You're carrying that mantle. You've been doing this for, what, eight years now? Yeah, eight years, almost. And, yeah. and you've got a very, very solid reputation and very well known. And I think that's great because... You are helping to spread the joy of doing great barbecue. And when you're passionate and you love what you do, you're going to be successful at it. And I think you're successful at what you're doing. You're just using a different platform, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. So, But there are probably, oh, I don't know, easily six that, I, that come to mind, shows that are dedicated to barbecuing or grilling and there may be even more of those, more than that, that uh, I may, you know, that I'm not aware of. So, you know, it, it's def- something that's definitely growing. Bruce Bjorkman is with Mac Grills. You can find him at macgrills.com. That's M-A-K grills.com. Bruce, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. Greg, thank you for having me, and you take care. Keep right. on smoking. There he is. Bruce Bjorkman, Mr. Barbecue. And uh, as I said in May, he uh, hung up the cans forever. I don't know if you ever... Had a chance to uh, hear his show. I mean, that's like the blessing and the curse of uh, real syndicated radio. If you are not in an area that uh, the show is in, and sometimes radio stations don't carry an online stream or whatever, but um, you can uh, Google him probably and uh, go back and uh, check out his show. Definitely 
one that was a successful one for 14 years. So uh, I'm, I'm not even, well, I'm just uh, just about halfway there. <laughs> Think I can go another seven years, everybody? Folks, if you didn't know already, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. Number one dealer of who? Mac pellet grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills, smokers such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs from flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending. Their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the 2012 and 13 American Royal the World Series of Barbecue, the 12 and 14 Jack Daniels Invitational, the 13 Kings for Challenge, the 14 Houston Livestock and Rodeo, and the 2014 King of the Smoker. Don't think that BPS can just be pigeonholed in a competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known that they have been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. With four of the nine BPS rubs featured on their permanent menu, and amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Pop is also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farm shipped right to your door. From the American Kobe beef to the Caribou to Pork, Double R Ranch Big Meats, Big Papa's Meat Locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. Committed to bringing you the best barbecue flavors on the market, that's why they're carrying the new boys on the block, the Swamp Boys sauce, the Fine Swine sauce, Granny's Barbecue sauce. These are the new kids on the block this season. Big Papa's also created the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and a benefit to children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind... Big Papa's has been able to do all this within only five years of being in business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best local products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers and the website BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, we're running a little late. We'll be back uh, with Jared Hausengate from Insane Swine to recap the Sam's win. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we're back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Mangrate. Mangrate is the cast iron grilling grill grate made right here in America. Restaurants and pros use cast iron for a reason. Even heat conduction and retention with no hot spots. Mangrate's patent pending. Design traps and evaporates oils and fats resulting in reduced flare-ups and perfect sear marks each and every time. How about 25% off your next order? Use barbecue code BBQCEN. For 25% off your purchase at Mangrate.com. Grill like a pro with Mangrate. All right, we follow the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour here on this show. And this past weekend, they were in Scarborough, Maine. And winning the whole damn thing was the pitmaster of Insane Swine Barbecue, Jared Hausengay, joining us here on the show. Jared, how are you, bud? 
I'm doing well. How are you, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous, Jared. I apologize for being late, but I was on the phone with Mr. Barbecue. Jealous much. So, um, Jared, before we get into kind of recapping this past weekend, uh, for the folks that might not be as familiar with Insane Swine as the rest of us or the folks just kind of tuning in for the first time tonight, a little background on you and how you got in the whole competition barbecue scene. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I grew up around meat my whole life. Uh, my father owned a butcher store when I was young. Uh, I have the scars to prove it. Uh, my fingers <laughs> when I, I I worked at his butcher store when I was around 12 or 13 years old. Um, and so I've been around meat my whole life. I've uh, been around a lot of pig roasts out in Illinois where I grew up. So it's, uh, it's something that I've had a passion for for a long time. Uh, when I moved out to New England, uh, I found the New England Barbecue. Society, and it kind of renewed my interest in barbecue. Um, I became a judge first before I was a competitor. Uh, judged for a couple of years, then in 2008 started to compete uh, in a couple of contests and did horribly, like like most of us do. Um, it then kind uh, of the last couple of years we've done between 10 and 15 contests, and uh, that seems to be where the turning point happened about a few years ago. Are you a uh, are are you in the meat trade right now, or you do something completely different professionally? No, I'm a market researcher by trade. All right. Uh, so, in regards to being a judge first before you got into competitions, and I've heard you know the majority of guys that are here on this show that I'm talking to compete first, and then they decide at some point maybe they maybe some don't uh, become a, a judge. Now, to me. And I don't compete, and there's a whole different reasons why I don't. But I love to talk to guys that do because it allows me to live out the fantasy of ESPN. Um, don't I mean? Isn't it just common sense that if you're gonna be a barbecue competitor, that you would go become a judge first and see what the judges are looking for to help give you a better chance to win? Well, I'll, I'll say this. It, it really helped me. I know that. Um, judging for a couple of years and, and judge some of the best teams, really not only in New England, but in, in, in the world, in uh, uh, Smoking Hogs, um, Chris Hart, IQ, uh, just just having the opportunity to judge their food over the course of a couple of years really gave me the sense of what it is I should be doing in the competition world that is so much different than when you're cooking at home for friends and family it's just a totally different world so i, I that's the first thing I, I tell people when they are interested in competing for the first time hey become a certified judge judge a couple it doesn't have to be 20 or 30 contests go judge a couple of contests and uh see see what you uh, should be cooking and and that really to me is one of the keys to success and that's like the most one of the more important things to figure out first is you're not going to be cooking the same thing for the judges that you would be cooking in the backyard. If you do that, you're pretty much going to be down towards the bottom. That's right. And even though I was a judge before I started competing, uh, like I said, I, I didn't end up dead ass last in my first contest. Came pretty close. Um, and my pork was next to last, I believe, because it was pretty much like dog food, uh, what I turned in. It was chopped up, mushy, miserable junk. Um, but, uh, you know, you learn from that experience. And, and you know, again, you, you judge a few more contests and, and you do a few more contests as a competitor. And uh, you can really get into the groove of things 
things. But really, when we first started, again, we were only doing maybe two, three, five contests a year. Um, for us, it was really hard to have a lot of success doing that. Uh, once we started doing more contests on a regular basis, that's really what made the big difference. Jared Hausengay joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Insane Swine Barbecue. Uh, how do you come up with the team name, Jared? Um, my wife and I uh, basically we're, we're the team, um, as a lot of a lot of teams are husband and wife teams. Um, you can see uh, who, who I call Freddie in the background here. Um, that's that's our banner. Uh, we're both heavy metal fans, or we we really were back in, back in the day. Uh, grew up in in the '80s, uh, early '90s. Um, so um, this is a, a banner here that uh, that's based on uh, Iron Maiden's "Peace of Mind" album. Um, I call this guy Freddie in the background instead of Eddie. Um, just don't let the Iron Maiden people know they haven't seen my banner yet, as far as I know. Uh, don't want to get sued. Um, but uh, but no, Insane Swine. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny though because we're not known as the these insane, crazy people out on the barbecue circuit. Um, I'm typically a fairly quiet guy. Uh, my wife is a little bit more social than I am, but both of us are kind of shy in general. So it's kind of kind of odd to say that we're insane. We're probably the farthest away from that that, that you could possibly be. Um, you had mentioned that uh, your wife is a part of the team, and do you guys? I mean, it's got to be kind of a weird dynamic, right? When you're a part of you're a team because you're a husband and wife and you're doing it day to day, but then you're a team out on the weekend and it's like competition. So right. is there ever that weird time when you guys get chippy with each other in, in competition and then, oh shit, I got to drive home with you and, and live with you also the rest of the week? Uh, it, it's, it's funny that you say that. Um, a couple of times where, where we've actually um, had our best results in competitions, is we call it bickering. Um, we bicker at each other. I wouldn't call it fighting um, because that would be a little bit too strong. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, we won a, a double header in, in New Hampshire. So we did a grilling competition Saturday and the barbecue on Sunday. Uh, we swept that weekend, won both contests. And uh, the, the grilling competition, we, we just had a horrible time. We were bickering at each other constantly the whole entire time, and we actually won. Um, this past weekend in, in Maine, a little issue with the pork, and um, the wife actually had to, to talk me off the ledge a little bit um, because it was about five minutes to, to the end of turn-in window, um, and I was sitting there looking at, at the pork saying, this is a bunch of fucking shit. <laughs> um, and uh, she said, you got to put something in the box. You got to put something in the box. You got to put something in the box. And uh, we're notoriously known as late, uh, late turn in people. Um, we'll turn in with uh, 30, 20, 15 seconds on a consistent basis. Like what's the, um, I mean, why, why do you want to put yourself in that situation? I mean, 20 seconds go by, you trip, a pigeon shits in your eye. I mean, who knows what could happen? And then you've ran it so close to the clock, the clock's going to drop on the table, and now you're disqualified, and the whole contest is gone. I mean, what's going on with that? Yeah, I'm I'm glad you asked that. It's it's not necessarily um, by by design. My wife and I are both I would I would say perfectionists. Um, we we like the box to be as as um, nice as possible. And in, by the same token, I'm a firm believer in that if you turn in cold food, even though the judges are not supposed to judge based on temperature of the meat, um, it does affect judging. I believe. Um, so that's that's another reason. But really, we 
we make people nervous. We make other competitors very nervous when we turn in so late. Um, but we know what time it is. Um, we have never missed a turn in. Um, the only turn in that, that I shouldn't say never, we didn't turn in chicken during the beginning of, of our competition career because it was undercooked and I, I wouldn't turn in undercooked chicken. Um, but other than that, we've never missed a turn in. Um, even, even at World Food a couple of years ago when we turned in, I believe it was our pork or brisket, um, the TV show made it show made it made it seem like someone else was turning in late but they 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 it wasn't um that was not reality tv we were actually turning in late um so we were we still had 20 30 seconds um no big deal to us but to other competitors they they tend to get really nervous about that jared Housengay joining me here on the show pitmaster of in swine, uh, insane swine barbecue what are you drinking there pal i am drinking a fine brew from Bissell Brothers in Portland, Maine. Uh, big into the craft brew. Uh, this is Substance, and I'd like to thank uh, uh, Steve Eastridge from Meet at Slims. Um, actually dropped this by our site after after the competition was was done, and uh, uh, he, he's, he's a great guy, big into the craft brew scene. But this is a fine, fine brew from Bissell Brothers. All right, so this past weekend you're in Scarborough, Maine. You do the Sam's Club Local. Uh, you take Grand Champion, so you're going to move on to the Richmond Regional. Uh, overall, uh, I would imagine, as, as you see your individual results, which we'll recap here quickly in a second, uh, pretty good cook uh, overall, uh, all things considered, holding the pork, I guess. Yeah, uh, well, we can talk about the pork, but overall, uh, yeah, everything was was pretty good. Um, the brisket was done ahead of time. Again, we can talk about that later, but uh, overall, it was a pretty normal cook. What do you cook on? Um, I cook on a Backwoods G2 Party, uh, and I cook on a Humphreys Weeble and a Humphreys uh, Lakeside Chicken Cooker. Um, and I was listening to Bruce in the last segment. And you know what my cookers are out there thinking? My Humphreys and my Backwoods are, are out there thinking in my trailer right now. They're thinking when I go to bed, thank God I'm not a pellet cooker. <laughs> Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan. Yeah, touche. Um, so are you, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that run the, the backwoods and, and those uh, vault-style cookers are also running a, uh, a guru, uh, of course, which I uh, will always re- recommend, um, or, you know, some type of a, a draft control system. But you, you do that too, and if so, who do you use? Uh, I do not. Um, I have a guru sitting in my basement collecting dust. Um, I, I don't have anything against gurus. Uh, I, I don't mind when people use them. And uh, pellet cookers, too. I, I'm not against the people who use them. Um, but I, I don't particularly think, especially with pellet cookers, I don't believe they have a place in competition barbecue. Um, I, I think uh, uh, dialing up a number um, and punch and go um, is, is not something that I believe barbecue... Uh, to be. Um, but again, uh, you know, that's not a popular opinion, especially amongst a lot of my friends who use, uh, who use pellet cookers. Um, and again, they're legal, so I can't fault them for using those, those types of cookers. Um, but for me, uh, I like the backwoods. I like the Humphreys. I like charcoal. I like wood chunks. Um, I like water cookers. Uh, I started out with a WSM, actually a few WSMs. So, um, that's, that's just what I prefer. And I, I don't prefer a draft system getting back to your question, uh, because I don't feel like I need it. 
Uh, I don't feel like uh, some people think that a consistent temp- temperature is necessary for good barbecue. I do not subscribe to that theory. Um, I think ups and downs are fine as long as you know where you're at before turn-ins, well before turn-ins, and you get your meat done um, the way you want it to be done. I don't, I don't think uh, anything between 180 and 250 is good um, for me anyway, uh, as long as, again, I, I allow enough time and adjust the temperature appropriately. All right, so let me follow up on a couple of things you just mentioned there. So if you're not taking a dump on uh, the guys that are using pellet cookers because, as you said, they're legal and certainly nobody can contest that, uh, can, can the stick burner guy come over and then dump on you and going, well, well, you're just using charcoal and you throw a couple lit charcoals on top of there, you get it up to temperature, and I'm a real man and I'm throwing sticks in there every you know hour, hour and 15 minutes. Like, Where does the delineation line between you know who's doing it real and, and who isn't fall free? That's a that's a great point, and uh, they could very well dump on me, and I would I would be okay with that if if they did that, because another thing I don't want to own is a jambo um, or a lang or a stick burner of any type. It just doesn't appeal to me either. So yeah, they can de- definitely they can feel free to dump on me as much as they want. For me, the difference the difference is really um, our electronics necessary. Our electronics not 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 even just a guru. Our electronics uh, an integral part of the build of the that system. Um, to me, um, that, again, I, I can't say it's cheating, it's illegal, it's wrong, but for me personally, um, it, it's not It's not my full barbecue is. So as somebody that competes, and I would imagine would like to uh, foster the continued success of the sport in general, and I'm going to go in a completely opposite direction here, wouldn't it make more sense for KCBS and FBA and all these other people to also open up cookers so like Southern Pride and old Hickory gas pits can come in and somebody can you know bring in their Samsung oven that they've jimmy-rigged up to run off a 20-pound propane tank and just open competition barbecue up to everybody at this point. Because, look, uh, not to be contradictory, but I agree with you. If you're going to run pellet cookers and you're going to have uh, drafting systems that allow you to set a temperature and not institute your skill of fire management, I mean, what's the difference? Why not let the propane guys in at this point? Uh, and I wouldn't have any problems with that either um, because, again, if you're going to let pellet cookers in, you're going to let electronic cookers basically in already. What's the difference between that and an oven or propane? Uh, in my mind, there's, there's not much difference. Uh, others will disagree, I, I'm sure. But, uh, but no, I, I, I don't, you know, if they're going to allow, I don't think you'd find a lot of people cooking on those types of cookers um, personally, but maybe you would. Um, I, I wouldn't have any issue with, with them allowing those as long as they're going to allow gurus and pellet cookers anyway. Jared Housengay joining me here on the show. Uh, Jared, all right, so let's get back to the competition. Sorry for the divergence there. But uh, in regards to the individual categories, uh, if you could kind of you know break them down quickly for me and, and what you thought about Sure. I'll give you the quick rundown. Um, so chicken, uh, we got first place in chicken. Um, it was by far the best chicken that we've cooked this year. Uh, we've struggled a little bit with chicken. Uh, I've adjusted the, um, the, the injection and the rub for this cook, and it worked beautifully. Um, I went from using three rubs to using five rubs on my chicken, um, which is, sounds like wow. an insane amount of, of, of rub types, but, um, but it worked in this particular case. Uh, so really, really happy with the chicken. Hopefully, hopefully we can duplicate it in Virginia. Um, Wh- whose rubs are you using on chicken? 
Um, I'm using um, I'm using some stuff from uh, Big Papa's. Um, so I, I, I use Sweet Money. Yep. Um, I also use Marvelous. I use Simply uh, Sweet Seduction. Uh, I use Smoking Guns. I use a little Luton Booties, uh, and I use something else. Uh, oh, um, that's the secret so. one, huh? <laughs> Can't let that one go. All right. So yeah, that is five. Wow, that's crazy. Yep. Um, so, uh, so pork ribs, um, were decent. They came in sixth. Um, they, uh, they, they didn't wow us. The, the flavor wasn't, wasn't fantastic. They were good, um, but not, not fantastic. The tenderness was pretty, pretty spot on. Um, pork was overcooked. That was the issue that we had there with, with the pork. Um, and I'm, I don't, I don't necessarily know why I, I'm pretty sure I pulled it at, at the temperature it was supposed to be, but obviously something, something happened there with with the pork where it was overdone so i kind of struggled to get the six portions that i i needed to get in that box um but it came in ninth so i can't really complain with with uh, four top 10 calls are you Uh, are you a guy that just turns in money muscle for pork or do you do a bunch of other stuff um, I typically do money muscle and uh, chunks. Um, I don't typically do pulled or chopped. Um, it's it's not something I've had great success with, but I do do the money muscle uh-huh. and the chunk. All right. um, brisket, um, brisket, I, I thought was again one of our best of the season. Uh, we got second in brisket by something like point oh two two eight points. Um, we came in second to Q and a half men. Um, so, uh, the brisket was fantastic. Can't complain about, about that. Brisket's been our strongest category this year. Uh, are you, in, you're injecting, obviously, uh, do you use a commercially made product or, uh, is something you whip up at home? I trust my butcher. All right. Good for you. Who doesn't these days for crying out loud? Good job, David. Um, all right, so I, I would imagine. Well, so when, as they're going through the overall uh, categories, and you know they get down to the last two, and you don't hear your name at reserve, uh, do you think that there is just not any way that the next name isn't going to be yours? Uh, well, I, I didn't have any doubt. Um, my wife is the pessimist. Um, Suzanne is it never wants to really be let down, so she always believes that we're not going to get a call. But with a first, second, sixth, and ninth, uh, I was pretty sure we'd be in the top six, um, which is what they call at Sam's uh, at the at the locals. So um, once I got to reserve, I, I was thrilled, and Suzanne was really nervous. Um, but uh, I was again pretty sure that that we were going to be in the top six. Is that, is that a good win for you guys? Are you happy to win a, a Sam's Club local? I absolutely. Um, I actually think the locals are more challenging than the regionals, um, or just as challenging as the regionals, uh, especially up here in New England. There's there's a ton of great teams, as they're all over the country, but uh, a lot of great teams, a lot of great people at the Sam's local, um, and just uh, you know, a little luck luck was on our side too. I think we we hit some good tables, and uh, I, you know, it's definitely a, a nice win. Will you be going to the regional uh, in uh, Richmond, Virginia, for sure, on September 5th? Yeah, we just signed up today. Uh, I know of a few teams in the top six that won't be going. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're definitely going. All right. And uh, where are you going to be cooking at next year? That will actually be our next contest. It will be in the, at the regional in Virginia. All right. So you take a couple weeks off there to uh, – I mean, are you going to be doing anything in the meantime, anything you're trying to dial in or, or hone in? Or are you feeling pretty good about the program right now? Uh, I'm feeling good about about the SAMS program and the regular KCBS program. What we'll probably practice over the next couple of weeks is uh, for the Jack. Um, we got invited to the Jack again this year, um, so I need to do a little chicken practice for that. 
All right, uh, we are talking with Jared Hausengay. He is the pitmaster of Insane Swine Barbecue. They won the Sam's Club Local this past weekend in Scarborough, Maine, and will be going to their next competition in Richmond, Virginia for the Sam's Club Regional Final. Jared, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. You got it. There he is. Jared Hausengay from Insane Swine Barbecue. If you are wondering. All right. Uh, I am obviously very late. Thanks for hanging with me here. I uh, did let Kevin know that I was going to be running over here. So, if you're done here in a couple minutes, let me talk to you quickly about Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack. Oh, let's try this again. Let me talk to you quickly about the Cook Shack pellet grill and smokers. They're both. It's all in one. It's 100% stainless steel, wood-burning pellet-fired cooker that uses direct and indirect heat up to 800 degrees. Is the only pellet grill on the market that uses charbroiler technology. It features electronically controlled temperature to eliminate large heat fluctuations that dry and shrink meat. A pellet grill can barbecue, grill, bake, roast, sear, and smoke. Cookshack has two models of pellet grills. PG-1000 features a fully insulated double wall roll hood for superior heat retention, fuel savings, and maximum cooking performance. The PG-500 features a two-way swing lid, pellet drop, and utensil hold. PG-500 and 1000 have many great features including 784 square inches of cooking space, easy side-loading pellet hopper, fully automated wood pellet feed system, stainless steel cooking grate on the direct zone side, and a nickel-plated grill on the indirect and top racks. It's also got a drip bucket, a pellet ash drawer, 100% stainless steel construction, warming drawer, 40 pounds of Cookshack hickory pellets, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. It is a versatile pellet cooker that adds full flavor to your recipes, including fajitas, Ribs, chicken, steaks, desserts, sides, and large meat cuts. It can do it all, including cold smoking. Grilling with wood pellets penetrates the food with an intense smoky flavor. When you cook with wood pellets, the fuel is consistent and the smoke more flavorful. For recipes and how-to videos, check out Cookshack's YouTube channel or the cooking guide on the website, pelletcooker.com, that's pelletcooker.com, or cookshack.com, or call them, 800-423-0698, that's 800 423 Zero six nine eight. All right, we're back to wrap the show in seconds. Stick around; we'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, All right, thanks again to Jared Hausengay. Uh, out of the park home run for a first time in. Jared bringing it strong. Not afraid to uh, vent out and shoot straight. That was great. We'll have him back on again for sure, sooner than later. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with... Barbecue and grilling legend Stephen Reichlin. BarbecueBible.com. ProjectSmoke.org. His two websites right now. Then we talked with Ernest Cervantes of Burnt Bean Company. BurntBeanCO.com. He's a barbecue television star right now. And he didn't say it, but allegedly, from what I can surmise, he might have something up his sleeve for another TV show. In the 10 o'clock hour, we talked with Bruce Bjorkman from Mac Grills, macgrills.com, M-A-K-grills.com. And coming out of the bullpen with Jared Hausengate 
from Insane Swine Barbecue, talking about the Sam's Club as well as some other things in the general barbecue vicinity. Big show planned next week already, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. The next, until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's your program host, the proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.